see you out the front when you're um, doing Adrian again. All right. <laughs> see you, dude. All right, let's get stuck into it. Let's do see, it. See, it's so cash. Welcome to episode five of the Artisan Creator Podcast. We have with us Jack Reynolds from the Instagram handle, It's Me Jack. Hello, Jack. Jesse, how are you? <laughs> great. That's how are good. you going? I'm going great, thank you. Can you tell us about It's Me Jack? Yeah, sure. So, oh, so It's Me Jack sort of was a, um, it's just started as an Instagram page really that um, was focused, as the name says, around me being Jack. Um, and um, it's a page focused around men's fashion, health, well-being. Um, but yeah, it's pretty much started as a platform on Instagram. Um, and When did you start? How um, long ago? So... There's a bit of a backstory to it. So I had s- was living in Melbourne um, in 2015 and I was oh, living wow. with a lady called Jordan Evans. Um, mm-hmm. She worked in marketing. Um, she was at the time working in marketing for, a, um, uh, what was it? It was called Cappy Sparkling. So they do like sparkling yeah, water and stuff. Cappy, the mar- yeah. Yep. Um, and she actually has left there and now um, is uh, owns a Mingle seasoning company. Um, but anyway... Um, I was living in Melbourne in 2015 and she was my housemate and she working in marketing was going to all these cool events, um, Formula One, you know, different, you know, restaurants and stuff like that. And I'd always said, oh, you know, John, these are cool events. Like, you know, can I come along to some of them? And she goes, well, you know, you can, but the problem is, you know, I've got a boyfriend and he probably needs to come and it's going to look quite (laughs) sus. Yeah. So um, she goes, but what about we just start an Instagram page for you? And I was like, well, at the time, I, you know, I always liked photography and stuff. I could never really take photos, but I was, I wouldn't say shy, but, you know, never really liked photos being taken of me. And, and she said, well, what about we'll go out on the street, I'll take the photos of you and I'll basically run your Instagram for you to sort of build it. And wow. for me, looking back at it now, like, gosh like that was a commitment that's on her behalf incredible yeah. yeah that's a great yeah starting story so we would go out we were living oh yeah in Burnley so just outside Richmond and we would just go to like streets and just take photos of clothes that I um had in my wardrobe and I was working um a very corporate job then so most of the photos we were taking were you know suits and stuff like that mm-hmm. um and she would take photos of me in suits and then would go home she would upload them, she would engage with people. And so I was sort of living this luxury of having an Instagram page That's without amazing. actually having to do anything, which was, you know, fantastic. That's great. Um, and so that, because obviously she knew all the tips and tricks and she was doing that as a as a job, it sort of really helped me grow initially to, I think it was about 5,000 um, followers. And from there, you know, you know, really, it, just it was sort just of snowballs. Yeah, yeah, wow. exactly. So, um, it was funny when I was actually trying to come up with an Instagram page. I didn't really know, like, there was all these different, you know, handles that people were using. And back then, like in 2015, 2016, everyone was used as a that was a guy that had a page would be gent. So, something gent, yeah. this gent. And I when was like, when those well, names are available. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, well. I just want it to be about me. So I was like, yeah. is there Jack? Is, you know, yeah. how can I do it? And anyway, so I wanted It's Me Jack. And so there was, it was actually taken. And so wow. I messaged this guy yes. randomly 
on Instagram and said, hey, mate, I'm wanting to start an Instagram page. Um, is there any chance that I could use this handle? I'm happy to pay for it. And he just came back to me. He goes, hey, nah, I'll just change my handle so then you can grab it. And I was like, awesome. So That's anyway, brilliant. he ended up changing his handle from It's Me Jack to Single Pringle Triple Two. <laughs> I know. That is the best story yeah. ever. I have never heard of anyone <laughs> approaching someone for their handle. I'm yeah. going to use that yeah. tactic. Yeah. That's great. It was, I mean, wow. I couldn't believe it. And, you know, in this day and age, most people would probably charge you a couple oh, of yeah, thousand dollars a for a handle. Yeah. Um, but I have tried nice to go guy. back. Yeah, oh, he was. Nice guy. And, you know, what are we, uh, seven years on now? I've tried to go back and find him just to say thank you, but yeah. I can't find him. Help. The DMs don't go deep enough. Yeah. So that's brilliant. Yeah. So that's really pretty much. That's how a great starting story. Yeah. And do yeah. you find like going? So I don't really know what year that. What year? Twenty fifteen. Twenty sixteen. Yeah. So I feel back then, definitely used to be able to get so much traction. Yeah. In those early days, for you sure. Could I'm sure you would have gathered those followers quite quickly yeah, and, yep. you know, seen those likes yep. come through. Um, moving on to the next question about platforms, how do you sort of see Instagram today versus yeah. back then? Do you still feel like the same traction's there or is it just Well, it's funny different? that you talk about that because I, I still remember like going to friends' houses. This is back when I was in Adelaide, so it would have been, you know, maybe 2017, let's say. And it's funny, you'd post a photo on Instagram and then you'd have like 50 likes that you would post as the caption. And honestly, you would refresh and it would be like after likes, like after yeah. like. And you'd get 50 likes purely just because you would have the correct hashtags. Yeah. And that, you know, that was crazy. And so, yep. yeah, I mean, I've sort of tracked my engagement um, over time. But, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into this later. I, I mean, most of the stuff I do is never really about the pure engagement, it's more the mm. content creation side of things. But coming back to Instagram, it's it has changed quite a bit in the sense that, yeah, like, you know, people, and it, I feel like this is brands as well, they're not necessarily driven by purely the engagement, but mm. more the actual content you're creating. Absolutely. And so I find myself, a lot of the brands that I'm working with will say, hey, we want to engage you to do X, Y, and Z. And most of the time, it won't actually even be to post the content on my social media. Mm. It will just be, we love the content you, we like your you vibe. know, yep, we like your vibe, like the photos you take, and more recently, mm. the videos. We will engage for you to create this content, and then we want the usage rights to be able to use that. Mm. And, you know, most of the time, I'm enjoying doing it, and, you know, I like the um, output and the content I'm creating, so I will post it. But there's never really. It's not the main driver. It's not the main driver. I mean, yep. my social media still thinks that I'm in Europe and I've got back six weeks ago. And that's yeah. just because you can just post and it doesn't it really like matter. That. You yeah. actually do that really. Yeah. I want to delve into that a bit more. But do you think Instagram's a better place now or do you think it was more fun yeah. back then? Yep. You know, when you could refresh. Yeah, I mean, likes? well, Instagram's gone through like a really big transition and like more the most. I guess, or well, the biggest transition that I've seen is, and I remember going back, oh, it probably feels like a couple of years ago now, maybe even more recently. It was always still images mm -hmm. and then it moved into video. 
and there was mm-hmm. a lot of people that really were like, no, like I'm, they were it, you know, I'm, I'm using Instagram for still yeah. photos and that's pretty much what it is. And I was in that boat. I mm-hmm. was very reluctant and still to this day, I love still images. Mm-hmm. You know, I love taking photos. To be, you know, it takes less time and energy t- than editing yeah. a video. Yeah. But, you know, I'm a very much Keeps a still person. Zone. And so yeah. I've, I still use Instagram a lot to look at still images, you know. But I also use it a lot more as a tool. Like, you know, let's say my wife and I are going away to Europe or, you know, we're going away to the US at the end of the year. I will just type in, you know, hey, we're wanting to stay at this hotel or in this area. And I'm I'm just looking to see what photos or what's mm. the vibe of the place. Absolutely. I do that pretty much every time we go to a restaurant. Absolutely. You know? And sometimes you can't always get that from a video. Correct. So that's where photos yeah. are still. And you can zoom in on photos. And 100%. Such a great tool. Yeah. So that's really interesting. What's yeah. your mix of content on your feed? Is it like 80% photos still? Yeah, I would say probably oh, it might even be higher than that. It's 90%. Mm. But it also just comes down to what work I'm doing for brands at the time. Like I might go through a period where, hey, of the last nine pieces of content I've created, three might be video or there might be times where there might be five, you Mm -hmm. know, but it's pretty much still still imagery. I love your images. They're stunning. You can thank my wife. She's the one that takes most of them. (laughs) (laughs) They're just great. And I think... In telling that story of like fashion yeah. and travel, yeah. it's really important to have yeah. that mix. Yeah. What part does um, video play for you? Like, where does it come in? Yeah. Like, when do you sort well, of? Well, most of the time when we're d- we've done video, most of the time it's um, curated around travel and mm-hmm. holidays. Um, I just find that it's a lot like you know, right now it's September and everyone is in Europe, yeah. and you know, there's only a certain amount of still images you can see. Yeah. But when you see the video, you really get the feel like you're there. Yeah. And so I, yeah, with the with the video aspect, I, I'm usually, well, most of the time, it's more around, you know, the travel side of things. You know, if we're going interstate for a weekend or, you know, if it's more of a destination, I'd say, mm-hmm. rather than, hey, we're off to this restaurant or, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. Absolutely. So when a brand approaches you, what, um, at what point do you get to decide whether it's going to be a video or photo or does that often come from the brand? I mean, usually when we work with someone like Mm -hmm. yourself, we would sort of specify what we need. Yeah. But do you get much involvement or do you like to have much involvement about the sort of the finished product? I mean, to be honest with you, it, it really comes down to, I guess, what what we're trying to sell here. Are mm. we trying to sell, again, a hotel destination? Are we trying to sell a T-shirt? Are we trying to sell a restaurant? And that pretty much drives how we want the content. But it also comes down to things like budget for brands. Like Absolutely. at the end of the day, I'll only work with a brand that I feel al- is aligned with my page and I won't yeah. change it depending on, you know, no matter how big the dollar value, you know, mm. price is. But it will also come down to, hey, I want to work with you and I want to create a long-term relationship. What is your budget and let's work to something. Hey, if That's you come great. to me and say, I've got $1,000, okay, well, let's maybe work on 
a real, hey, yeah. I've only this time I've only got let's say five hundred dollars, and I know we're being pretty specific here, but mm -hmm. okay, let's just work on still no. imagery, and then use that as an introductory to the brand, and then you know we can I cascade that. that onto bigger and better things. I um, think there's two things that you've just mentioned there that I'd love to delve into. The first is w only working with brands that align with you. Mm -hmm. I think that's great because I want to hear more because I think you will definitely see a lot of content creators these days just working with yep. everyone yep. and it really shows. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to hear from you how you think that affects yeah. everything that you're trying to do and like the main reason why. Yeah. Well, I think coming back to just working with brands that, you know, that are aligned with you, like really, I would only work with a brand if it's something that, you know, I would eat or mm -hmm. wear or, or go. Like I makes wouldn't. Sense. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense for me. Um, and I think as soon as you lose that, that it becomes quite obvious quite quickly. Mm -hmm. um, and to an extent you lose, you know, I feel like you lose the power you have in your audience because like I've seen it many times before where, you know, there's some people that do it fantastic that you would not know if a person has been paid for a piece of content or not. Like it, it, it can be that organic and that natural. Mm -hmm. But then you'll go through other people's social medias and you can pretty much scroll and be like, okay, paid, not paid, paid, not paid. And so from that aspect, you know, really what you're trying to do is get buy-in from your audience mm -hmm. and, you know, sell the story of, hey, this is something that I truly believe in. And, you know, we've seen it, like, I was laughing the other day at, you know, that fire festival, you know, that like oh, all the yeah. big who <laughs> celebrities were selling yeah. it was like, well. They didn't do their homework. They didn't do their homework. They didn't do their homework. Yeah. yeah. And so when a brand contacts me for the first time, I'll be quite diligent in understanding, okay, what, is what does the brand stand for mm -hmm. and what other people is the brand working with? And I mm -hmm. think the second question of what other people is the brand working with is really important because really mm. that's who you're being ben benchmarked against. Absolutely, I love that. And so when a brand, like I said, will come to me, I'll do a lot of due diligence around, um, you know, before I actually engage in them. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, like, you know, w we've all been in the – you know, cycle of, hey, I'll just do a single post or I'll work with this brand as a mm. once-off. But really what you want to create and is long-term relationships. Love that. And that's where, you know, you can work. And I've got a handful of brands, <coughs> you know, like let's say Bed Footwear, which is a brand that I work with a lot. Gosh, they were a brand that I've worked with since 2015. Such and, a great brand. And that is yeah. a brand that was working with me when I had, 5,000 followers and pretty crappy wow. photos. And, and now, how good is your yeah. – guys, check it out, the recent Euro Reel bed <laughs> footwear. It's one of my favourites. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for the plug. <laughs> but, you know, it's – every time I'm entering into a relationship with a brand, I'm thinking, where's the long-term relationship here? Because you see that. it very differently. Yeah. And I think the more continuity you have in your mm -hmm. page and the brand you work with, the more um, – yeah, just the more That's trust you get from your tip. audience – that's such a great tip for creators mm -hmm. that want to start out like you back in 2015 yep. is I think everyone's thinking how many brands they can get yeah. on the books. Yep. Whereas <coughs> your strategy, it's not really a strategy, but 
that's how I think you would be successful long-term as a creator. And I know that I'm obviously very fortunate in the sense which, you know, we haven't touched on right now is like I've got a full-time job. So, Mm. you know, for me, it's, it would be a very different um, scenario if our social media was effectively paying the bills and that was my Monday to Friday. But because I have a full-time job, it allows Mm -hmm. me to be a lot more selective. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people have asked me, would you ever leave your job to do social media? And, Although I, you know, I, I mm. really enjoy what I do as a job, I love social media more than I like my job. Mm. But, you know, being able to do both is fantastic yeah. because it allows me to be a, a lot more selective in the work I'm going to do. Absolutely. And I think, too, that kind of is where I want to tap into next is how you talked about working with different people's budgets. And I really respect that about you because we've worked with many different mm-hmm people and you'll get a face with a really big yeah you know quote mm-hmm. or something more reasonable yeah and we get it ever as you're saying you've got to pay the bills yeah and these creators work yeah really hard yeah to put this content together however there is a thing called small business mm-hmm. and there are people hustling yep. out there to try and get their products out yeah. there and they can't possibly spend 6k on a video sometimes if they can't see Mm -hmm. the sales yeah um and sometimes you know there might be that element where they need to take that that jump and all the stars might align it's a perfect opportunity but i love that you respect that about people and businesses and want to grow with them yeah because sometimes it can just be that okay i'll take a photo or a story yeah you know for x amount but we can grow together yeah and I think what you That's say awesome. is like, you know, is is great and it and it really just comes down to relationships. Like totally. if if there's a like short of the two years that I was in Melbourne, like I'm born in Adelaide and I grew up in Adelaide and again I've I'm passionate about seeing um, brands and businesses grow here in Adelaide and obviously spending that time in Melbourne really made me see how niche and small the market is in Adelaide. Mm. And so if I'm able to you know, help or assist in a in being part of that brand's like growth phase, then that if that brand does take off, that's only going to cement your position within that business. Absolutely. And you know, I've really not again going back to bad footwear, I don't I've seen that brand grow like mm. year after year after year. Oh, and when I was yeah. working with them in twenty fifteen, I you know I was just working on a for a pair of shoes and you mm. know that built the relationship but hey now like I'm going overseas with mm-hmm. bed footwear like That's and unreal. so like you don't know that hey this small business that only has a couple of hundred dollars that wants you to do something you don't know what that could lead to Absolutely. and you know like with our relationship is mm. I know that most of the time we'll be very honest with each other Absolutely. and I understand what the budget is mm. And, you know, you we'll work accordingly. Yes no. Yeah, exactly. You know, and if it doesn't, you know, honesty is the best policy. If it doesn't work with you and your lifestyle's too crazy, yep. that's fine. Yeah. But often it can really work with whatever that content creator is doing. Love to hear your thoughts on PR mm. agencies and mm-hmm. sort of, so obviously no one represents, you know, you represent yourself. Yep. Um, would that be ever something that you would consider or well, are you quite happy managing it yourself? So it's it's something that 
for me, it's um, it's been a tough one um, mm. because, and the reason why I say that is because when you're driven or when you're represented by a PR agency, it was one of those things whereby I don't want to be seen as someone that's just going to make an agency money and going back to me having a full-time job. Mm. I love to be able to choose what I want to represent and the jobs I want to do. And if I can't do that and that I'm just going to be sold every week to a, a brand, then I don't think it's going to be like natural. Viable. And so I've actually, to correct you, I actually am represented by someone Sorry. currently. Sorry, but apologies. Yeah. The, um, but the person that I'm represented with is Bespoke Group and they mm-hmm. are based in Sydney. And Lee is really good at understanding, hey, you've got a full-time job. Mm-hmm. You can do whatever you want, I'll shoot you jobs. And if you say no to 90% of them, I don't care. Like yep. that's up to you. That's correct. And that's exactly, w- you know, what I want to do is mm-hmm. um, be able to, again, choose the jobs I want to do mm-hmm. and, you know, again, not go outside of those boundaries of, hey, I'm chasing money or, hey, I just want to, you know, work with this customer or brand or client for the wrong reason. Absolutely. And on that with Bespoke, so what were some requirements that you really looked at before you worked with them? Yeah. Um, sort of ticked the boxes for you? Yeah, so th- the reason why Bespoke was, I guess, ideal for me is, again, I looked at – the first thing I looked at is what businesses or what influencers or celebrities is, sh- is Lee or Bespoke representing mm-hmm. and do they align with me? Mm-hmm. And so the brands that they were re- that the influencers were representing were brands that I wanted to work with, and just the overall feel and aesthetic of those um, influencers, you know, sort of aligned with who I was as a person. Um, so that was the first thing I looked at. Is again, you know, if I was to give any advice, it's don't just go with the agency that's got the less f- the least amount of fees or that's going to promise you the most. Look at who they're representing. And do you align with their representation? Because, you know, I've been contacted by agencies that, you know, will um, re- represent celebrities or sports people that just the brands, you know, they might be sponsored by, I don't know, like, you know, sports nutrition companies. Mm. I'm like, well, that's not really me. Mm. So that's where... Are you going to throw me at all these brands? Yeah, exactly. I think also what's important is they're going to be the face of you. Correct. So they're the person that's emailing yep. the brand. And I think that is super yep. important mm-hmm. being behind those emails. Yep. You know, it could be their tone of voice. Yep. You know, how they're negotiating mm-hmm. as well. Yep. Um, and there's definitely other... Yeah. There's definitely agencies that do it really well and yep. there's others that I think yeah. um, could work on that. Yeah. So and I, I think, think that's yeah, super important. Like just to recap the question, yeah, it's really about who are they representing but also just ensuring that, you know, the person that you're working with actually just gets who you are as a person. Absolutely. And so, you know, would you go out and get a coffee with them, you know, and just mm. ch- chat generally? Well, yeah, well, then that's someone that's that I want to be represented by. Absolutely. Um, so it's really about who they're representing. Are they representing um, brands that you're aligned to? And ultimately, like, who the individual is that's effectively your relationship manager or in my case it's the owner of the company yeah I love that that's amazing what does I think this would be really awesome for our 
listeners to hear is what does it look like sort of a day in the I guess you probably don't have a day in the life but what's your process with mm-hmm. taking content and yep. working with a brand yep well you know as alluded to earlier mm-hmm. I actually have a Monday to Friday job so yeah. most of the work that I'm doing when it comes to liaising with brands or even content creation is either before or after work or on the weekends so most of the time I mean and going back to Leah at Bespoke she's really good because if a brand will contact me I'm not exclusive in the sense that she doesn't have to take the work so if there's Mm -hmm. just a brand that comes to me or a brand like you know again Baird or Aquila or another brand that I've already got a relationship with I can still continue to manage that Mm -hmm. so most of the time when it actually comes to you know what a day looks like most of the time it's you know emails in the morning and at night and then most of the actual content creation comes on the weekend so again it's just being honest and open with brands and saying hey these are you know my deadlines regarding Mm. you've contacted me on a monday we've agreed on a tuesday the reality is i'm not going to get you the you know deliverable until end of sunday because i'm not shooting it on a saturday so um most of the time like the actual content creation piece is probably i guess the best part of it like you can go back and forward on on emails and you know it's great to you know it's it's all part of the journey really isn't it but the actual content creation piece is you know what i find joy in um Mm -hmm. you know going out and you know in adelaide trying to work out you know the aesthetic of what you're trying to represent here um are you constantly thinking when you're out and about oh gosh actually this would be great for yeah. a video or this yeah. car park's got some really great <laughs> shoe so, vibes so nicola always like will say to me like because she'll talk to me and she can tell that i'm just thinking and we'll just be driving and most <laughs> of the time tell. yeah most of the time all the photos or the content that i'm taking is a side street down Peary street yeah like <laughs> literally and she'll always go Jack, you've already done that. Can we just get, like, you've done that for this brand. I'm like, yeah, but we haven't done it for a year. And she's like, no, people don't want to see that roller door again. And (laughs) I don't know what it is. Like, you've got to think think for roller roller doors. doors. Um, Look, yeah, it's working. Yeah. But, yeah, my mind is constantly thinking about, Mm -hmm. hey, okay, like, you know, you're in a new environment here. You know, is there an opportunity at some point? to take a photo or a video or what would that look like? Can I just stop you right there? Yeah. That in a nutshell, people, is what they pay creators for. Mm. That constant yeah. thinking. Mm-hmm. It doesn't just appear, yep. you've shot this great video. You're, as a creative person, always thinking. And uh, I know there's a lot of jokes out there about yeah. that, but it really 100%. is true. Yeah. Um, that's what people were tapping into is your intellectual property. And you look at the, you know, the maps on my iPhone. Yeah. Honestly, I just have (laughs) locations pinned and just notes just saying like what the aesthetic is there or what that would be good for. So I've literally got just all these little pins in different spots in, you know, mostly Adelaide. Yeah. Just regarding, hey, you know, this is a blue shirt. I really want it to work on maybe say a light blue background or a white background and i'll just look at my phone and just like you know look around and okay these are the things that i've got areas yeah 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 so it's like you say Mm. you're constantly engaged constantly thinking yeah constantly brainstorming yeah which i love and i guess there's a lot of joy in that too like you know that's what you really enjoy doing 
Yeah. Um, when in that process, when someone like engages you, obviously you have like your agency, but what, cause this, honestly, I think this is the gray area mm-hmm. because it keeps changing. What data do you share? Do you share yeah. any? Um, and what do people ask for? Yeah. So I guess like for me, it's probably like a little bit different to most influencers. Cause like I said before, a lot of the work I'm doing is actually the content creation piece. And mm-hmm. most of the work I'm doing, there's no, you know, requirement or deliverable to actually post on my social media. Mm-hmm. So most of the time, like when I'm being contacted by a brand or it's an introduction to a brand, I'll be sending them like a media kit mm-hmm. and the media kit will just cover off who I am, the brands mm-hmm. that I've represented or the work I've done previously. Mm-hmm. And then it will go through stats regarding, you know, age, um, gender, uh, location, mm-hmm. um, average engagement and things like that. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much just like a snapshot of, hey, you've contacted me, you know, you want to work together, but Here's a little bit more, more about, yeah, information. How, how important do you feel that media release is? Um, oh, gosh. Like, it's just, I feel like, well, you're obviously being contacted mm-hmm. initially. I mean, there's two things, really. It's if you're being contacted initially, it's probably because they've seen your page. And so they actually probably know you already and the work and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I wouldn't say that it's that essential, yeah. but it's when, hey, Nicola and I are heading overseas at the end of the year, mm-hmm. we want to try and tee up some collaborations or let's see if we can speak to some hotels about creating some content. Mm-hmm. Here's my media kit that, you know, gives you a little bit more about who I am, you know, the work I've done, um, you know, why I would be a good fit for your hotel. Absolutely. And so... That there is, you know, Where you can't it put it, yeah, play. and you can't yeah. put a price on on yeah. that. I think it's one or two pages, yeah. because the nature of it is, if your brands would get mm-hmm. hundreds of emails a day, and what are you differentiating yourself versus someone else? That's a good why. Point. Why are are you any different to the mm. another guy that's you know reached out for a hotel collaboration a week before? Absolutely, and I think we get going back to what you said earlier which is really gold is what is the objective Mm -hmm. so obviously that's more of like that cold call approach but when someone contacts you is well what is your objective like is your objective sales or is your objective you need social proof and content yeah you know let's talk about it before we shoot yeah the content yeah Um, and i think sometimes people get caught up and you know maybe this is where they're not working with a, an agency to guide them, but they just really just want traffic and sales. Mm-hmm. But obviously we know that there's a lot of steps yep. to put in place before that even happens. For sure. So do people put pressure on you? Have you had those moments where people have said like, you know, I need sales well, from your content? Or yeah, I mean, a lot of the time, you know, when when I'm speaking to a brand for the first time, like, and I know it's like very cheesy or, or cliche, but it's understanding from the brand what success looks in their eyes mm. versus my eyes. And, you know, you're exactly right. Are you trying to drive traffic back to your website to build sales or are you just needing my content because you 
have a mandate that you need to post on yeah. Instagram once every three days and you just need content. And yeah. that is, you know, that to me really drives what the content you Absolutely. Know, is because I feel like mm. just looking at even those two buckets, it can be very different content. Absolutely. Like, you know, if it's, hey, I want to sell this many shoes. Okay, well, we're going to need to be a bit more specific in having close-ups of those shoes mm-hmm. or um, if I'm just wanting content, you know, for, you know, to fill the feed, let's mm-hmm. say, it might be, hey, oh, this guy's in a cool location. Like, you know, and people mm-hmm. can relate to that. But Absolutely. it comes down to, yeah, what success looks like and what's the actual purpose of that content. Absolutely. And it's essential that that is defined early mm. on because otherwise you can get into a difficult situation. Get yeah. Difficult situation. I think that's really paramount when content creators are charging mm-hmm. quite hefty fees. Yep. Um, you've really got to go into it as a brand mm-hmm. with your eyes open yep. and a, fr- a roadmap of what you're actually trying to get out of this. For sure. Because really, if it is just cold, hard sales, there are definitely steps that you yep. need to do before you engage that person. Yep. Um, yeah, I think just to, to finish off, um, as a creative person, do you like it – when you're kind of like unleashed and someone can sort of say go mm-hmm. for it with the creative direction or but are I, you in do you sort of work in with brands with what you sort of well most of the time together? like again and going back to that relationship aspect most of the brands that i've worked with um you know over a matter of years or months most of the time we'll just say hey here's the product you're good to go and that you know it's about building that trust mm-hmm. through that relationship but most of the time, if I'm, you know, working with a brand for the first time, I will just send, get them to send me like a mood board of what they're, you know, what they're trying to achieve. And, you know, that gives me as the creator a good idea around the feel or, you know, what they're looking at, what they're after. Mm-hmm. Because, again, it's making sure that, I mean, the worst thing for a creator is to be told, hey, can you reshoot this stuff? Uh, and, yeah. you know, we've all been in yeah. instances like that. And mm-hmm. we're just trying to avoid that. You know. Do you feel like that might have happened to you a lot more earlier in your career versus probably now? Yeah, or? I mean, fortunately, I've never really had that situation. The only time I really had it, funnily enough, was <laughs> I was working with a um, a shopping centre client here in Adelaide mm-hmm. and they were about to launch and what I was doing was effectively they had multiple different stores and so I effectively grabbed a look out of I think it was three or four different stores that were both men's and women's um, stores but effectively grabbed the content teed up a photographer took all the content and then you know a week later the photographer said hey you wouldn't believe it I've lost all the content and so that's your worst nightmare and I mean at the end of the day it happens and yeah you know but it's more just about, you know, then having to go back to mm-hmm. the client and being like, hey, I'm so sorry, this has happened. Can we tee it all up again? And so yeah. you're doing... We've but all been there. Yeah. But yeah. doing things a second time obviously means they're done quicker than the first. Quicker. But yeah. Sometimes you lose that creative... Oh, you do. ...juice that you had yeah. in the first round. But generally... For sure. Yeah, it's quicker. For sure. Um, no, that's great, Jack. I think uh, maybe to finish off, what would you say to anyone that sort of 
I guess maybe have started their own Instagram account or um, wants to start working with brands. Yeah. What would you sort of give as advice? I would, I guess, if you're starting off in the current market, you you probably, I would say the first thing you really need to consider is how you're going to differentiate yourself from everyone else. And is that through what you're going to post or your style? But I feel like social media right now is oversaturated with, I guess, influencers or content creators. So you need to be very specific why, you know, why you're there, why you're, there mm-hmm. why you're starting now. And I feel like there's definitely, you know, an opportunity for more people to step into that. But, you know, it's going to be a tough slog. You know, mm-hmm. it's a growing a social media page right now in the current market is tough. Absolutely. And I would say that you need to, yeah, really clarify early why what's your what's your point of differentiation mm-hmm. and secondly to that you can't like stay true to who you are mm-hmm. because you know don't be one of those people that will chase money or chase it's you obvious. know yeah it, it becomes obvious and you know some of the people that that I follow that gosh they they had 20,000 followers and they they didn't ever post any paid content well you know they're 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 now really Mm -hmm. seeing that that come to fruition because they've created a bigger platform the audience is a lot more engaged and so they've really been able to sort of nail that and so I would say like if you're going to start early on you know just keep it consistent and you know you hopefully will see it come to um, fruition you know, in due course. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's great advice. I'm definitely seeing niche yep. as the word for creators yep. now and adding value. Yeah. You know, that's definitely why I would follow someone is they're about skincare yep. or yep. easy recipes to cook at home. For sure. And then they've niched that down yep. and they're giving you value. Yeah. So and I think that, you know, that's that's very important and, you know, I'd also say to people that, uh, you know, have a presence already and that, you mm-hmm. know, a, a couple of years in or, you know, in my case, you know, seven or eight years in, you've constantly got to be at the forefront to, you know, trends or, you know, what's changing. How do I ensure that, you know, my audience remains engaged? Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, there's so much information out there, mm-hmm. so many people to follow. And, you know, just with the algorithm, you can quickly, you know, slide and then, you know, it's, um, you're behind the eight ball. It's tough. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your pearls of wisdom. It's been great. Thanks, Jack. No worries at all. (laughs)